Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Charger Football Podcast hosted by Andy Dietrich with Coach Doug Dinan. And this week's special guest is senior wide receiver Nathan Hara. The Charger Football Podcast is sponsored by OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Charger Football Podcast for the 2018 season. My name is Andy Dietrich, and I'm a curriculum coordinator for Northwest Allen County Schools. Later in the podcast, you'll hear from head coach Doug Dynan and senior co-captain and wide receiver Nathan Hara. I want to thank our sponsor, Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School Athletics, OPS, Rethink Your Limits. Game three of the season saw the improved Northside Legends visiting Carroll High School's Dean Gorsuch Athletic Complex. The Chargers were looking to avoid a letdown after the previous week's first ever victory over the Snyder Panthers. And priority number one for the Chargers would be controlling Northside sophomore dual threat quarterback Ronald Collins and junior running back Alex Holiday Robinson. The Charger defense was able to do just that and held Northside to just 186 total yards in the 51-8 victory. For the second week in a row, the Chargers had a turnover on their first possession of the game, but this time the Charger defense stiffened and forced the Legends into a three-and-out. On fourth down, the Legends were flagged twice for too many men on the field, forcing them to punt from their own 21. The Chargers sent 10 guys after the punter, and Cameron DeWald blocked the punt, which was recovered by Lincoln Lance at the Legend 7. Here's SummitCitySports.com's Jim Miso describing the game action. The kick is blocked. The kick is blocked. Inside the 10-yard line, Carroll's in business. Cameron DeWald, number 43. He got his hands on that punt, a clean block. And Lincoln Lance, who always seems to be Johnny on the spot on special teams, recovered the block punt. And you talk about a short field. First and goal for Carroll at the north side seven-yard line. On first and goal from the seven, quarterback Gavin Vogt handed the ball off to running back Rhett Saylor, who scampered into the end zone. They've got the ball now at the seven first and goal with a full house backfield. And it's a running play, and it's going to be a touchdown for Rhett Saylor. Give that man six points. Rhett Saylor with his fourth touchdown of the season from seven yards out. And with 6.27 to go in the first quarter, we have our first score of the night. The point after was good, and the Chargers led 7-0. On Northside's ensuing drive, they scored on a 44-yard TD pass, and with the two-point conversion, the Legends took an early 8-7 lead. Just like the previous two games, the Chargers were not deterred by the deficit on the scoreboard, and again, they immediately answered with a score of their own. On the fourth play of the drive, Vote hit Camden Childers for a 49-yard touchdown pass to make the score 14-8. On first down from the north side, 49, Vote wants it all in the play action, and it's caught! Touchdown! Get that man! Six points! Camden Childers! 
with the 49-yard touchdown reception. It would be all Chargers after that with Vote, Childers, and Lance having starring roles. The Chargers' next score occurred in the second quarter. A two-yard Northside punt gave Carroll the football at the Northside 21. Carroll was able to gain a first and goal, but the Northside defense held and forced a 20-yard Trevor Horton field goal to extend the Charger lead to 17-8. On the next drive, the Legends moved the ball to midfield, but Lincoln Lance's second interception of the night gave the Chargers the ball at the Charger 10-yard line. Collins going deep, and it's going to be picked. Intercepted by Lincoln Lance, his second interception of the night. Lincoln Lance, a definite contender for top 10 players of the week with his second pick of the night. The following drive would feature the OPS optimum performance of the game provided by SummitCitySports.com on a leaping 54-yard pass reception by none other than Carroll wide receiver Camden Childers. Carroll now on second and six, a play action fake and vote once and all. Oh, what a catch! A sensational catch by Camden Childers. There's one for the highlight reel. Two plays later, Childers caught his second touchdown pass from Vote to make the score 24-8. Carroll looking to cap off this very impressive drive. And they do. Touchdown. Give that man six points. And why not? Throw it to Childers. A perfect end to an impressive touchdown drive for the Carroll Chargers. Later in the second quarter, a Northside fake punt came up short, giving Carroll the football at the Legends 42. Two plays later, Childers again caught a vote TD pass to give the Chargers a 30-8 halftime lead. First down of the Legends 29. Carroll may be looking for the knockout punch here, leading 24-8. Childers with the reception, stays alive. Childers, give that man six points. What an effort. 29 yards on the touchdown pass. There is no stopping Camden Childers tonight. On the opening drive of the second half, Carroll moved into the red zone, but Vote was sacked on third down, forcing a 29-yard Trevor Horton field goal attempt. What happened next was one of the most bizarre plays you will ever see. The field goal attempt was blocked, with the blocker scooping up the football and heading for a big return. Lincoln Lance ran him down and stole the ball away from him, giving the Chargers the football once again. 29-yard attempt by Horton. No fake. And it's blocked. The kick is blocked. It's free at the 30-yard line. Picked up by one of the legends down the near side. The ball comes loose. And who's got the football? Here on the near side, I think Carroll's got it back. They do. And look who is around the football. He is always around the football on special teams. It's Lincoln Lance. Unbelievable. This time, Carroll was able to capitalize with a one-yard vote TD run to make the score 37-8. Later in the third quarter, Rhett Saylor would score on a 45-yard run to make the score 44-8. And they keep it on the ground this time. Look out! Saylor could be gone! They're not going to get him! Give that man six points! 
45 yards. Red Sailor to the house. On the next north side possession, Lance would have his third interception of the game. On third and 21, lined against the 47. Collins to the air. Overthrows his receiver and is picked off. Picked off. My goodness, he did it again. Lincoln Lance, his third interception of this game. You believe that? And I tell you what, three interceptions for young Mr. Lance here. Gorsuch Athletic Complex is definitely the land of Lincoln tonight. The final score of the night came on Childers' fourth touchdown catch of the game to make the final tally 51-8. to Quarterback Gavin Vogt was 15 of 18 for 318 yards and four touchdown passes. Gavin also ran for 49 yards and another TD. Rhett Saylor rushed for 148 yards and two touchdowns for his second 100-yard rushing game in a row. Camden Childers had a near-school record 253 receiving yards on 10 catches and four touchdowns. On defense, Terrell Griffin had four of the team's seven sacks. Maxton Green had a team-high eight tackles. Lincoln Lance had three interceptions to give him a team-leading four on the season. Next week, the 2-1 Chargers head to Spoiler Stadium to take on the Northrop Bruins. And now, let's hear from head coach Doug Dynan. Doug, how's your weekend been so far? Very good, Andy. Thanks very much. Um, you know, week three, week three in the books, and a victory over Northside always makes it an enjoyable weekend. Um, you know, I think our kids played hard. They played with you know tenacity. You know, it's it's easy. You know, after a big game like Snyder to to have a mental letdown. That's easy to be flat. And I thought that they practiced really well all week long. You know, we had one day that. I didn't think we were, you know, quite as high, quite as energetic as we, as we could be or should be, and that was about Tuesday. But we didn't see that for the rest of the week, and and their play was indicative of that as well. And it's it's real easy, you know, that's that that's life. It's real easy to to rest. It's real easy to be satisfied. Real easy to, you know, just sit back and say, you know, hey, I accomplished something, and and now watch. And, and our kids didn't play that way. I think that comes back to what we've talked about on earlier shows where this team plays with a very comfortable confidence and they don't really pay attention to what the other team, like who they are or really what they're doing. They seem to be very focused on what they do. And I think that's carried over in that practice week that you've talked about. And especially I think that led to the, the fact that they didn't have a letdown this week. They just do what they want to do. We, we talk about that a lot, that the, the opponent is insignificant. Who we play each week is insignificant because we control our performance. We control our outcome. We control how we're going to respond. We control our work ethic. We control all those things throughout the week. And when you, when you work at that mindset, when you work at that level, and you're going to see productive things. And, and the opponent – it's just that the opponent is giving you some new equation, some new wrinkle, some new scheme that you have to work to, obviously. But ultimately, you know, you control your effort and you control, you know, how hard that you're going to play. And our, our kids have responded very well. And again, during the Northside game, we had a situation where a touchdown was negated due to penalty. 
Didn't matter. Kids went and scored again. I believe we've done this three games in a row where a score has been negated by penalty, and within a few plays, we score to get that touchdown or field goal back. Well, without question, you would you would always prefer and rather have you know those those situations where you don't have touchdowns negated and you know and they count the first time. But what we're seeing is that you know, our kids understand how to regroup. You know, something happens, something negative. You have adversity in your situation. And how do you respond? How do you handle it? How do you work together? And again, for, for the third week, they have responded in a positive manner. When, when, you, when you don't control, when you don't control that, then negative things are going to be the result. I think that our athletic department's work with Brian Kane and the, his sports psychology and then your efforts on leadership within your program, I think the direct result is how the kids are not paying attention to the opponent. They're focusing on what they do. And I think you're really seeing it when we have those adversity of a touchdown being negated, doesn't bother them. They step back up and they're off and running again. Well, I think you're exactly right. And whether it be Brian Kane, whether it be Focus 3, whether it be John Maxwell, it, it, it's insignificant of where, where you learn these things. And, and the most important thing, again, is to – is to recover the next place, the most important thing. Um, we, we are seeing through continual you know, work with, with kids and with players that they are improving. They are improving their character. And, you know, and it doesn't come natural, you know, whether it be a team, whether it be a group, an organization, or a business. You know, leadership does not, does not come natural. The natural tendency for a human being is to just be comfortable, to just relax, to, to not push yourself or not push somebody else in. And we're seeing great things out of our players right now. Let's talk about your offense. Your offense put up 20 points in the opening game, which was it's kind of a weird game because of all the rain and the mud. I think as you look back on the season, that game is going to kind of be an outlier, even for Lures, because the game was just so weird. It was just so muddy. But on Snyder, 38 points. We've never scored more than 14 against them. And then 51 points against a very improved Northside team. Our offense is rolling. I mean, we're, we're averaging 429 yards a game and it's very balanced. You've got a little bit over 200 yards a game on in the air and you're just under at around 172, 175 yards on the ground every week. Talk about how you've developed that balance and how this offense has just really started rolling with all these new people on there. Our desire is, is to be multifaceted, to, to be able to be more than just a passing team or just a running team. You know, sometimes teams get lumped into those things. We want to be, you know, multidimensional. We want to be able to throw it. We want to be able to run it. Um, we want to dictate the pace of the game. Um, we want to be precise in our execution. And, and, and all those things come from, you know, hard work by all coaches involved, by all the offensive coaches. And it, it's not just me. And, and then when you take that to the players, the players accept that coaching. You know, they believe in the system. Um, the, the precision of the execution is what matters on every play. And our, and our kids right now understand the scheme. They're understanding the defensive scheme and concepts that we're facing. And, and they're running things, you know, to, you know, to a high level right now. Is it, is it flawless? No, it's never going to be. You know, it's high school football. It's athletics. You know, things go wrong. Mistakes are made. You know, that's the beauty that we get to learn from. 
But what we see is a, a relentless pursuit for excellence. You know, that competitive excellence will push you to another level. And, you know, when you got guys, you know, like, like Gavin Vogt, be able to throw it, run it, you know, put us in the right place. You got an offensive line that, that's playing extremely hard and playing very physical at this point. You got guys like Rhett Saylor that can run it and Camden Childers and Leighton Mitchell and Nathan Hara. You know, all those guys can catch it and get downfield. And you add in, you know, a player like Eddie Bransfield who didn't play for us, you know, on the offensive side in previous years that adds size and physicality and, and, and you become, you know, multidimensional. And that's a very positive thing on the offensive side. I want to talk about the offensive line. This season – it appears to be your best running team as a whole. We are able to get chunk yards up the middle. and We've really excelled with getting around the edge. We've really sealed the edges very well. Rhett has been able to get to that edge in a hurry. One thing that people in the stands may not see very well, your wide receivers are really blocking downfield really, really well. So talk about that line because they're giving – good running yards, and excellent pass protection. That group's playing really well. The offensive line is the, the most glorious position to play. You know, you know, and I say that sarcastically you know, because nobody recognizes who the left guard is. Nobody recognizes who the right tackle is, you know, unless that's your kid. Um, it's not like you're a receiver. You run down the field. If you make a catch or you don't make a catch, everybody sees that you're out in the open or or you're a DB and you get beat deep and everybody sees you. You're a quarterback. Everybody knows who that guy is. The offensive line is is that group, you know, that is very close-knit, that, that work very hard. You know, they spend a lot of time together within their position group. And it is the most important position on the offensive side without question. And they're, and they're doing a tremendous job. You know, we've got one senior on the offensive line, Kobe Malcolm, and and he's playing really hard. He's playing fast. He's playing physical. And, and he's got to be the leader. You know, we got we got other guys that have experience. Orion Chenery playing for us, you know, a second year at, at center. Incredibly bright kid. He's a, a four-point student. And Reeve Muncy, a sophomore who played a lot for us last year. You know, those guys come back with with experience for us this year. You know, and you add in a couple more guys. And, and with the desire to be physical, you know, they're, they're producing those results. And, and the blocking downfield by the receivers, you know, adds on to that. You know, we, we ran a bubble screen for a touchdown. Um, one of our favorite run plays is we call it a buck sweep again, and, and it's a perimeter run play, and it's all based upon perimeter blocking. And everybody out there is doing a great job. Leighton Mitchell in particular had two really good blocks. One of them was on the touchdown run, and another one led to a really long run that got – probably inside the 10. can't remember exactly which part of the game it was, but those were two key important blocks by a wide receiver. I people can't underestimate how important that wide receiver blocking it. So let's talk about your passing game, which has been a, a hallmark of the Doug Dining years at Carroll High School. We've had some very good passers. This group seems to be in a groove where Gavin is delivering the ball on time in the right position, the wide receivers are wide open all the time, and especially Camden Childers is turning into a probably the best receiver in the conference where he is essentially wide open every time and, again, 
another great leaping catch down the middle. Gavin does a, a tremendous job of, of distributing the ball. And if you're a receiver, you, you greatly respect that and appreciate that. And you know, as a call comes in, you know, there, there's a, there's, you're kind of obviously an initial side that the quarterback is going to read first, but he's making great decisions on, on where the ball is supposed to go based upon the defense. But the whole passing game, you know, is, is all based upon precision and timing. And the receivers running good routes, you know, being open on the on their break points and getting in the right position of their routes, understanding the the holes where to settle within the within the defense, and everything is you know clicking at this point. You know, including Eddie Bransfield runs a little seam route on on a little play action pass and catches right in front of the safety. All of those things are practiced over and over and over. And when you put them into the game. And then the kids, you know, get a little bit of, you know, positive reinforcement and it builds confidence and that confidence breeds courage. And, you know, what you see is, again, you know, continuous, you know, execution by players because they know that if I do my job and I'm fast and I'm on time, then you're going to be successful. Well, coach, we are one third through the season and after three games, there's a lot of things that kids have done well. Offensively, we're averaging around 430 yards a game. Defensively, we're playing really, really well, averaging giving up only 201 yards a game. Defensively, we've had three sacks in three games, so we've talked consistently about how much pressure we've been able to get. And we also have 19 total tackles for loss. But what has really been an outstanding group um, this season has been your very young backfield. And in fact, that group has seven interceptions, including four of them by Lincoln Lance. So talk about how well this defense has played so far. I talked to Terrell on Friday night again, um, and I don't know if it was prior to a sack or prior to a series where he made a big play, but again, I said, you know, understand that our defensive line is in control and our defensive line sets the tone for our whole play on the defensive side meaning that if they put pressure on the quarterback, if they stop the run, then those guys in the secondary have an easier time of reading routes, playing the routes, and, and doing things downfield, helping out with coverage. And it, and it eliminates you know, them having to cover guys for a long period of time. And, and those guys continue to do that. Terrell had a tremendous game, again, putting pressure on the quarterback, defending the run. And, and you know, frankly, that's what it all boils down to. And, you know, Lincoln, you know, having a big game, three interceptions, you know, one takeaway on, you know, the, the blocked field goal where Northside recovers it, runs down the sidelines, and, and Lincoln makes a tremendous play and strips the ball from the guy to give us possession again. But, you know, again, it's, it's that relentless pursuit, that relentless, you know, desire to, to do what I'm supposed to do and control my efforts, you know, to play within the scheme. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a D-line, a linebacker, or a defensive back, but to play as hard as you can. And in three games, they've done a tremendous job. I mean, we're only giving up an average of about 14 points a game, you know, which is extremely good. And, you know, and you could count some of those points. You know, for instance, one of the touchdowns against South – I mean, against uh, Snyder was a, was a punt return. Yeah, that doesn't fall on the defense, you know, however it becomes a defensive stat. You know, but – you know, continual pursuit, continual pursuit for the quarterback and control of the line of scrimmage is what defines this team right now. 
You talk about the special teams. Trevor Horton, our kicker, he's done really well on kickoffs. In fact, just under a third of his kickoffs are touchbacks. Kind of unheard of in high school football, a kicker with that many touchbacks. You know, we talked about him in an earlier game, how he, you know, comes from the soccer practice and runs over and does his football work and then he's back to soccer practice. But, you know, he's a pretty good weapon. His punts have been pretty good. He's made two out of his three field goals. But when you don't have somebody running back kicks, there's no way they can score. Trevor is, a, first of all, he's an outstanding athlete. You know, as we said, he's, he's a soccer kid and he's very athletic. He's a strong guy. And, you know, a couple of those touchbacks are wind aided. Yes, I get that too. But you're still putting it in the end zone. And you're, again, you're eliminating that opportunity for a run back. And it just energizes guys on, that are going onto the field that are out there on the kickoff team. And Trevor is an asset. And, uh, you know, even though we've, we've had a, a couple of extra points that have been missed and a field goal that was blocked, you know, we have extreme confidence that, that he is good. You know, kind of that, that yard line mark that we want to get him to to kick a field goal at the high school level is always about the 20-yard line. He can probably kick, you know, a 42-yarder. He can probably kick it from the 20-yard, 25-yard line. But, you know, eliminate that stress, eliminate that worry, and get the ball to the 20 if we need to kick a field goal. Um, his approach, you know, is improving in terms of his timing, you know, and timing and kicking the ball. You know, was a little bit slower against Northside, but uh, what an asset. You know, a very, a very athletic kid and, you know, something that a lot of people don't see and is how much time that he puts into being a good punter and being a good kicker. You know, and then, as we said, then running over to the soccer field to be a good soccer. Another problem that has kind of jumped off the stat sheet to me is the number of penalties that we're having per game. They're not hurting us because of how how quietly confident the kids play, but it should be a little bit of concern. I mean, we've had two straight games of over 100 yards in penalties, which gives our season average of 10 penalties and 90 yards per game. We could just cut that down to, say, seven penalties and 60 yards per game, that could come into play in a very important close game. Without question, penalties are, you know, at times a lack of discipline. You know, whether it be a holding penalty, whether it be jumping off sides, whether it be alignment. You know, there's there's at times, you know, when, when a penalty is, you know, is necessary. You know, if, if you're going to interfere with a receiver that is going to potentially catch a pass that's behind you and, and that's the best decision to do, you know, that, that's an acceptable penalty. What we need to do is we need to be more disciplined. We need to be more precise with with our coaching. We need to be more precise as players with our with our hand position. If I'm an offensive lineman, so that I'm not in the position to to get a hold, you know, with our alignment when we're on the line of scrimmage. But you're exactly right. The penalties are an easy way to be drive killers. You know, whether whether it be you know holding or offsides or Regardless, irregardless of what it is, penalties are drive killers. And for us to be able to overcome those penalties does show, you know, great perseverance of our kids and, and the great fortitude of our kids. However, at some time, you know, that's going to go the other direction. And so we can only be, we got to be in control of or in control of, you know, those penalties and our discipline on the field. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. 
from diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting-edge training programs. Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.optimumperformancesports.com. OPS, rethink your limits. This week's special player profile is senior co-captain and wide receiver Nathan Hara. Uh, Nathan, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. Nathan, you're kind of one of my favorite players on this year's team. You and I have known each other for five or six years, one of your basketball coaches in middle school, and you were always a great teammate then, and you're a great teammate now. And what I really like about you, and I had the same conversation with Micah last week, is as a freshman, you're just a tiny little scrawny kid that's probably getting tossed around in the games and on the practice field. But you've hit the weight room, you've grown some, and last year, towards the end of the season, you got some some great games. He's played very well against Winger in that classic game that we had there. And this year, you've been a solid performer. And so I just want to say it has been awesome watching you develop as a football player. Thank you. Talk about your uh, receiver group. I think one of the strengths of this year's team is the wide receivers with Camden, yourself, and Leighton Mitchell. And you can also throw in Rhett Saylor out of the backfield. And then your tight end, Eddie Bransfield. Seems like you guys have a really good chemistry together. And it's it's like you guys have a good connection with your quarterback. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, It's a... The receiver group and Gavin, we're all like a family. So the connection between us is real tight. Uh, We have good chemistry. Gavin knows where we're going to be before we're actually there. And we're on the same page when we're running around. Now, last year, Gavin was one of the fellow receivers. And so how is it different this year with him throwing the ball to you instead of just being one of the other guys who get to catch it? Um. It's I like him being quarterback more rather than just being receiver out there with me, just because we've like grown up together. Him being the quarterback, me being a receiver, him throwing, and just the connection between us. Uh, but it's just playing with him is great. Yeah, the way Gavin extends the play and everything with his feet just helps so much. The way it sounds is that that one year's receiver is just kind of a blip because in middle school, he's a quarterback. Freshman and sophomore, he's a quarterback. Junior, you got this weird quarterback running routes with you, and now he's back to his normal position. It was, I think him moving over to receiver helped a lot. It helped him, you know, like get the timing down, get, you're not always going to be able to run a perfect route. It's going to vary where the defense aligns and things like that. So it helps with that. And, you know, he knows where to put balls, where we can get them, where it's easiest. So I think it overall helped, but I'm glad he's back at quarterback. So let's talk about your uh, your fellow wide receivers, Camden and Layton. And one of the biggest improvements that I've seen this year over last year, and, and don't get me wrong, last year you guys did a good job at this, at this also, but this year you seem to be especially sharp. And that is your downfield blocking. Oh, yeah. Um, we kind of pride ourselves on our blocking. You know, We might not have the most talented or athletic 
group of receivers, but we're going to block the best. We're not going to drop any balls and we're going to have the best routes. So we like to pride ourselves on those things. And if we can excel in all those things, then we'll be the best receiver group in the, in the state. I think you guys are well on your way to doing that. And I think it's very important this year that the receivers block well downfield because your offensive line is doing a really good job of sealing the edge. And Rhett Saylor has shown remarkable speed to get around the edge. And we've had plays that are going extra 10 yards because of how well you guys are, are blocking downfield. Rhett is just great. Having him back there is great. Our offensive line is doing amazing. I couldn't ask for anything else from any of them. So out of the wide receivers, who's the best blocker? I'm just going to say me because I, I believe in myself, you know. So I'm always going to say I'm the best blocker, things like that. But I think they're all great. I think we're all great at blocking, and I trust any of them to make a block. How much fun was it Friday night watching Camden Childers go off the hook like that? It was It was fun. I was super happy for him. You know, he deserves it, and I just hope it keeps going. I think he deserves all of it. You know, the work we've put in on the off season, and it's now it's paying off. So I'm happy for him. As a senior, this is your fourth year in the program, and your teammates chose you to be a captain, which has got to feel very special. So what has the football program meant to you personally? Honestly, it's taught me to grow up, you know, because I've never been the most athletic person out there. I had never really played before last year in a game. I just had to keep my head down and just keep fighting, keep pushing. And to be chose captain, it's just, it means a lot. And just all my work paid off and now I've got to go out there and give everything for them. So far this season, we're off to a two and one start. A tough loss against Lures in week one in the Mud Bowl, which that game could have went either way. And I thought the wide receivers actually played really well in that game. But then in week two, the first ever win over Snyder. What did that mean to you and your teammates? That meant so much. That was the one of the most exciting things I've ever been a part of. Then again, you got to stay level. I mean, it's, it's week two. And we expect to be everybody we play. So, I mean, I'm over it now. It's on to week, week four against Northrop. I did notice in a week three game against Northside, there didn't seem to be any hangover from the previous week's uh, major win over, over Snyder. So one of the things that I've noticed with this team is you guys have a really good chemistry. It doesn't matter if you're on the defense or the special teams or the offense. It seems like this group will really trust each other to do their job. And then together as a team, you'll excel. Am I seeing things or not? No, that's that's how it is. I mean, we all trust each other. We all have each other backs. You know, we say family on three, people on six for a reason. So, you know, I like to think of us as a family and nothing else. We're all brothers. So your senior year is upon you. And in a three, probably three months, the football season will end. You're going to go through the rest of your senior year. I, I know you're a good student. Uh, so when you graduate, what are your plans? I'm not completely sure yet. If I want to go play at a smaller college, play some football, or just go study at a bigger school, I know I'd like to study business, go into the business field, marketing. Uh, my dream would be to be some sort of sports marketing, uh, something like that. But I'd also like to be a coach, honestly. So um, that would be great in the future. 
but I haven't put a ton of thought into it. Nathan, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. As I said before in our opening part of our segment is, when I was your coach in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, uh, you were one of my favorite players. I know your teammates enjoyed playing with you, and I know your current teammates just love playing with you. And I am so excited to watch the rest of the season and watch again how well your guys are playing. So do me a favor. Keep it up. Got you. Thank you very much. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting-edge training programs, Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.optimumperformancesports.com. OPS, rethink your limits. Coach, our next opponent is the Northrop Bruins, and we'll travel to Spoiler Stadium next Friday night. The Northrop Bruins are similar to the the Northside Legends, where they're pretty improved from a, a season ago. So when we face the Bruins next week, what should we look for? Well, week four, as you say, week four takes us on the road to Northrop High School, and, and they've they've faced you know some good opponents. I mean, they're they're only one and two. You know, their loss is coming to uh, Homestead in a very close game to to Wayne. They're a talented group. You know, they've got, they're a group that always has size. Northrop is always known for having very good athletes, very good size. You know, guys that can play, guys that are physical up front. Um, offensively, you know, they've got a quarterback. You know, that that is very multifaceted. You know, he can throw it, he can run it. Um, the wide receiver, I think number seven is probably their best wide receiver. And, you know, again, it's, it's those similar challenges. You know, can we control the line of scrimmage? Can we defend the run? Can we defend the pass all at the same time? You know, as we talked about with the defensive line, can the defensive line take pressure off the young guys in the secondary by putting pressure on the quarterback, you know, to let the young guys in the secondary, you know, read things, make plays as we, as we have seen in the past defensively you know they're again they're giving us a a similarity and scheme which which is good you know we're, we're seeing again they're playing a 4-2-5 scheme and they've got good athletes and they're, they're good size up front um, i don't know if they're as big as north uh, north side's defensive line north side defensive line was pretty good size and very physical you know but they run to the ball very well they've got good linebackers and guys that can cover on, on the top yeah, but it, offensively, it boils down to very simply, can we do what we do better? You know, we talk about, and you talked about Brian Kane earlier, and Brian Kane, one of his points and messages was to be 1% better every day. And we talk about that not so much in the percentage and, and actual grade of 1%, but being the best ber- version of yourself every day, meaning that I'm better today than I was yesterday. And that's what we ask for our guys, you know, whether it be on offense or defense. We've got to do what we do better every day. And when we concern ourselves with with our outcome, our productivity, individually being better, it's your skill, your position, and we're putting ourselves in a position to be successful. Well, Coach, enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend and have a good week of practice, and we'll see you guys at Spoiler Stadium next week. I appreciate it. Thanks very much, Andy. 
We would like to thank our athletic trainers, Steve Lubyhusen, Michaela Hoffman, and Jordan Redding, who along with OPS and the doctors of Fort Wayne Orthopedics provide all the sports medicine services for Northwest Allen County Schools. Go where the Chargers go.